Hello again. We are Chris Lee, Blake Lovell, and Max Barr. We are here to do SEC Basketball Power Rankings. It's Monday, January the 29th, almost February. This is when it starts getting really serious in February. Oh, yeah. And we're very serious about our power rankings. Not always. Serious enough to put in the work, to give you good opinions, and I think we'll have fun with this today. Reminder that the channel in this video brought to you by Bet Online. It's Super Bowl time. The road through Vegas has gone through San Francisco and Baltimore. BetOnline is your number one source for playoff odds, stats, trends, and lines with everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props. Head to BetOnline today. Stay updated on all the action. BetOnline, the game starts here. The Super Bowl is about to go through somewhere else other than Baltimore, but um, nonetheless. (laughs) And I thought it was going to go through through Detroit in, in a different kind of way, but then the football gods had other ideas. But we're here to talk basketball, and we're here to start at the bottom, as we always do, and, and this team has at the, been at the bottom for a while. Blake, what has happened to Vanderbilt basketball? Winless in the league, lost 10 of 11. Coach got booed. Jim got taken over by 70 to 80% visiting fans. What alternate universe are we living in these days? Well, yeah, I mean, I think the Tennessee fans taking over was not that surprising, but um, I know what you're saying. It's yeah, they're they're five and fourteen, zero and six in league play. They go to Auburn on Wednesday. Um, best chance to win is going to come Saturday at home against Missouri, and other than that, I don't have a lot to add. Um, they're just they're not getting it done. That's all I can. That's all I can say about it. So, yeah, there's there's not too much to add. I. I do think that this Saturday is probably probably the best opportunity they're going to have at a win all conference all conference season. Um, what it's looking like, depending on you know if they pull another thing down the stretch, but I don't think they I don't think they will. Uh, just looking real quick at their numbers, Kamateros hasn't hit a three in in four weeks, and he was kind of he was kind of their their lone front court scoring option there for a little while, um, and he's kind of. In a little bit of a slump, so that's definitely affecting the offense. I like how they're starting Rivera Torres, though. They're building on their they're building on their youth for for the future, but for this season, not much to work with. Number thirteen, Arkansas. Blake, have we checked on the whereabouts of the Must Bus? Oh goodness. Yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's uh, it's just cruising along and not really getting off on the right exit or something i don't know but it uh um, were, were the corn nuts in the zero bars pilfered uh maybe that that may be the reasoning here long time viewers of the channel will know how important those two are to this team's success but yeah i mean look it like we said that was an opportunity on saturday game day kentucky everything and like it just wasn't you just didn't have the the same you know, the enthusiasm just, it just was not there in terms of, because again, it's just the nature of where the program's at right now uh, or not the program. I, I don't think the program is necessarily in a bad spot. I think it's just the season, right? It's, yeah, I think season. we got to be careful. We talked about this in the reaction video. Yeah. If you haven't watched that, go watch it. Eric Musman's not getting fired. Um, so um, let's just, everyone slow down a little bit, but yeah, I mean, Arkansas fans know they're, their play on the court speaks for itself right now. And 
it's not been good. And man, now you got two games that going into the season look very winnable on the road coming up this week at Missouri and at LSU. And instead they could be two games that send you even further down. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And we've got to remember also, they didn't have Brazil and obviously there's no more Davis anymore. So when you're looking at a, uh, a ranking in, in terms of a power ranking, did they look their most connected in, in the best effort on Saturday? I would say, yeah, but also now, what's this roster look like? You know, who's who's going to play? Is Brazil? Um, Musk said that Brazil's not close. He said he, he didn't he didn't touch the practice court this week. So how long is he going to be out? That's got to impact some stuff. So just a lot of question marks still, and it's it's not good to have a lot of question marks entering February. So I I don't know. I'm still at a loss. Wrapping up the tier of abject misery, number 12, Missouri, like Arkansas, I think the program is in great shape. This year's team just is not due to injuries. We talked about that on the reaction video. This team continues to play hard. It's kind of going as far as Sean East and Tamar Bates can carry it. And other than that, Blake, I don't have much to add here. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I'm just rooting for my client to avoid the <laughs> – the zero in the win column. Um, but again, we talk about opportunity. This, unfortunately, Missouri and Vandy both in the same spot in terms of opportunity. It feels like the, the best chance to get a win on the schedule for either, although Missouri does host Arkansas on Wednesday. Um, like I said, Missouri's been close in some of these games. They just don't have that next gear the way they did last year. And they are missing two key players, which I will continue to repeat just to remind anyone. That um, may not be a, they may not be a top five team in the SEC, but I think they'd be a little bit better right now if they had uh, two key members of the rotation. But they don't, and they are struggling to find offense, and that's kind of where they are right now. Yeah, maybe a, a Caleb Grill return could change things. I've heard heard some whispers that he might be close to a return, but um, yeah, I think I think Blake kind of nailed it. Um, Got a few opportunities here, and honestly, I don't, I don't mind the rest of their schedule. They, they catch some good teams at home. They've got some, they've got A and M, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Auburn, all at home. So they, they do have a few opportunities here, but it's got to happen now. You know what I mean? And I don't know when Grill's coming back. Tanji's not coming back. So Easton Bates needs some help. You know, it's kind of been the story we've been saying all year. Next up, what I call the NIT tier, and I think this team is in a tier by itself here it's LSU at 11 LSU's done some good stuff it competes every night I just don't think it's quite good enough to get to the NCAA's net ranking kind of in that NIT territory Max I think you agree with me on this one about LSU yeah this is a and we said I think Blake said it uh last preview that you know this is a decent team they they've got they've got a lot of pieces anytime that you're featuring Jordan Wright. I'm, I'm going to like it. Um, and they do play a good defense besides – see, this is the funny thing. Mike White, after they played Georgia on Wednesday, said that LSU has one of the best defenses in the conference, and then Alabama puts up 109 on them. So it's like, my yeah. goodness. Um, but, yeah, this is a – I think they're not in the tier of misery, but they're also not up out of this NIT tier. They're kind of in their own thing where when you play at LSU, it's going to be – it's going to be tough to beat them there. 
Um, but when you catch them at home, you're probably going to be favored by a few possessions to win. Tricky team that I like. I think they can really shoot. Um, but, man, Alabama just really put a beat down on them. LSU's schedule is not that bad the rest of the way. That's the it only is. thing I would add here is that they, to me, have one of the more favorable schedules left of anybody. Um, now you're gonna, you know, you're gonna look up here in a week and say, wait a second, they got to go to Alabama, or excuse me, they got to go to Tennessee. They host Alabama. Got to go to Florida. Got to go to South Carolina. But if you look beyond that, four of their last six are at home. They get Kentucky, Mississippi State, Georgia, Missouri all at home. Their two road games in there are Vanderbilt and Arkansas. So, hmm, I wouldn't. I don't think they're going to, like I said, it's going to be hard to make the tournament. But I'm just saying there is a chance that if they were to put together some wins, they could be one of those teams that is at least making something interesting heading into the SEC tournament. It's it's going to be a, a tough task, but let's let's see how they do over these next couple of weeks with a couple of these, three of these road games, which are going to be tough. But they steal one of those, maybe keep an eye on LSU. You know, Chris and I, actually, we were talking yesterday about the SEC and just how many teams we think they might get into the tournament. And we agreed that it was probably going to be eight with that ninth team kind of flirting right outside the bubble. I think LSU has a good chance of of being that ninth, ninth or tenth team that's, you know, right there that maybe can win a game or two in the SEC tournament and might be in. Keep an eye on LSU. Keep an eye on LSU. Okay, well, we'll dream on that a little bit. LSU oh, 94 boy. in the net. I think it's going to have to climb a good 25 spots just to get that into the discussion. Too. Maybe 20 if you want to be very loose. I don't think a team – was it NC State was 74 in the net and made it? I, I might be off a couple of spots, but that would seem to be sort of where the, the ceiling is set at that. LSU not there yet. But, hey, if LSU were able to make a run – get that net up into the 60s. It is banked wins at A&M, Wake on a neutral floor, and Ole Miss, three teams that you could argue would be in the tournament today if it were picked. So it has done some things. It's just got to put itself in a position to get there if it can do more things. So, yeah. Anyway, next up, what I think these next four teams are the NCAA bubble tier right now. Now, look. This is not the order I would put these teams in. I don't think this is the order that any of us would put these teams in if we're coming to say this team is closest to the bubble and this team is furthest. In fact, I would op- argue uh, that the team we're about to bring up next is the team that would be closest to being in. In fact, probably would be in today based on its resume, and that is Texas A&M. But this is not just based on NCAA tournament resumes. It is based on watching teams, and we have said it nonstop. The shooting problems are there. It's just a very limited offensive team. But AM has banked a lot of good wins, and I'll take Gary Parrish's word on it. AM, as of a couple of days ago, I think had the most quad one wins of any team in the SEC. That's why I say I think this team would probably be in today. It's beaten Iowa State, Kentucky, one at Ohio State and SMU. That's a long-winded way of saying AM has got a resume, but we have some questions about the play on the court and how it all comes together, Blake. How did AM get to 10 in our rankings? 
they keep losing. That's how shooting twenty nine percent in games this week. That that's one way. Shooting twenty five. One of them. In, in <laughs> shot, they won and they shot twenty nine percent. They shot thirty nine percent in the other, which they lost. I'm just I'm just curious. I'm just curious how they got to ten because we're we're going to get some blowback for this one. Um, I'm just curious how they got to ten. I don't know. I'm just just asking the question out loud. Um, <laughs> they lost by three at home to Ole Miss. They lost a buzzer beater at Arkansas. They beat Kentucky. They won at LSU. They beat Missouri, even if it wasn't pretty. Hmm. I, I think we got this one wrong. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but we'll see. We'll see if, you know, we're because you're right. Somehow they would be in the NCAA tournament as of today. And, um, yeah, I guess it's just because of the it's because of the wins they banked with the Iowa State win, the Kentucky win, and all that. They don't have any well, – they do have a couple interesting losses. But, hey, if we're ranking them by three-point shooting, the team's at the bottom. So maybe, maybe we weighed our, our three-point percentages a little too high on this one. I think it's just because of the eye test. And just they, the offense is just is so tough to watch. Sometimes they go through these stretches of, of miss. I mean, I think it's what, what did they, what did they just shoot against Ole Miss? They shot six of 20. percent Yeah. And, and the, the two point percentage efficiency that you've been talking about a lot, Chris is down also. Like if they were just feasting inside and they just weren't a good three point shooting team, it'd be one thing, but they're not shooting good anywhere. And they kind of just rely on a Wade Taylor masterpiece every time. That's pretty. Or, or in in the Kentucky game, a Tyrese Radford masterpiece. It's like you got to have someone do something crazy for this team to win. And it's just, it's tough to it's it's tough on the eyes sometimes to watch this offense. That's why I I ranked them pretty low, um, kind of because I picked them and Ole Miss beat them. So I want my revenge. <laughs> I mean, we're we're not petty at all when it comes to no our- no never. 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 (laughs) Number nine, the Georgia Bulldogs. I think this team is growing on all three of us. I love what Mike White is doing. Georgia is four and three in the league. It is 14 and six overall. I don't know that Georgia has gotten much run. I mean, I say that. I don't listen to all the NCAA tournament podcasts or read all the things. But, I mean, Georgia 80 in the net. Again, not good enough to get in at the moment. Uh, Wins over Wake Forest. I think half the SEC beat Wake Forest the out-of-conference portion. Went over South Carolina. If Georgia had been able to topple Florida in overtime, I don't know if we'd have a discussion yet, but we'd be getting closer. But we love the way this team is playing, Max. It is a team with parts. R.J. Melendez gave Georgia the game of its life. And and look, these guys will give you an interesting game any given night, they may fall behind. They will make it close. They keep scrapping and fighting. Ultimately, I, I don't think they're quite good enough to get to the NCAA tournament, but Mike White has put this team in the discussion to where it is going to be something to watch if it keeps playing the way it has. Yeah, I mean, you look at the team's uh, losses here in conference play, and they're against Tennessee, Kentucky, and Florida. I mean, you know, you can argue that they haven't really – lost a game that they shouldn't have you know they took care of Missouri and Arkansas they went to South Carolina and won which is now looking even more impressive and then taking care of LSU at home in a tight game so they've kind of done their job and quietly Russell Che was had back-to-back double doubles this past week so they've got big men playing well 
Uh, Demery fouled out early against Florida, and uh, oh, thanks to a Melendez career high, they they were able to come back in that one. But I thought Demery going out early was was a big reason why they fell back behind by so much. But yeah, I like this team. They fight, they scrap. Uh, Should have beat Tennessee. Came back against Kentucky. I know we said that that was garbage time, but coming back against Florida, Chris, you you uh, like to say Georgia can't kill them. Uh, and that's kind of holding true. They get a home game against Alabama, and Ken Palm only has it as a six, seven point game. So, I like I like this team. They fight. They've got good pieces, and uh, Mike White's got the defense playing pretty well. Yep, biggest week of the season for Georgia with the two home games against Alabama and South Carolina. Two big opportunities, and if they if they could somehow get both of those, that's a huge step in the right direction. And I'll just say, I everybody's got their different criteria for power rankings. Um, some may lean more on NCAA tournament projections and say you have to rank teams based on whether that's I, that's just not how I do it either. And so yeah. I don't just buy into looking at the net or looking at just projections for the tournament. These are power rankings. We all are going to have different philosophies and, you know, biases when it comes to how we want to rank teams. And so I'll just add that in because I know, you know, you do sometimes look at these and think they should just follow the bracketology to a T and, it's just not how it works. Um, part of it for me is who do I trust more on a neutral court as of us doing these rankings? And yeah. So, I mean, I think Georgia has been a team that continually seems to kind of move up and just because of how they're playing and they've been right there in a lot of games, you know, minus the Kentucky game where they're getting blown out, but at least they fought back and made it interesting, you know, at the end. But yeah, I, I like this team too. And Mike White, Probably won't get coach of the year votes just based on what Lamont Paris is doing. But if Georgia were to finish with a winning record in the SEC or something, I mean, he'd be right in the conversation probably. He'd be up there, yeah. I don't want to get us sidetracked for more than a second or two on how we do power rankings, but I think the way we do them, Blake, is this fair to say we kind of do what's loudest? In other words, sometimes the computers might love a team like Auburn that doesn't have a lot of big wins yet, but we we see what the computers say. We watch them play. We know what a good team looks like, even if the results aren't there. And then there's a team like AM, which, as you pointed out, maybe we're a little too hard on AM given the resume this week. But when you beat good teams, that also says something. And I, I don't think it's always the same from week to week. And it's certainly not the same thing across the three of us. We all have different eyeballs. You know, yeah. we're, we're all going to value something a little bit differently. And so, again, and just, boy, this is a great marketing tool here, isn't it? Our power rankings mean nothing. They are meaningless. <laughs> and so I'm not telling you don't watch. Please watch. Um, we, we try to entertain you, but they don't mean anything. We're just we're doing these for fun to have a discussion about all these teams. So just keep that in mind. Like we are not the NCAA tournament committee. We are not. We're just three guys ranking SEC basketball teams based on our eyeballs and the computers. So don't get I just too... like to overreact. I just like to watch well, yeah, the game and then completely overreact to it. Me too. Yeah. I mean, I. Yeah, absolutely. Why? Why wouldn't we do that? So, <laughs> well, we're going to talk disagree. about overreaction in a second. Trust me, we're yeah, going to get to a team where you guys. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for a. If you're, if you're ready for a pro wrestling promo, I'm going to have one on a certain team here in a few minutes. So, <laughs> yeah. well, yeah, we, we don't always get them right, but we hope that when you hear why we do what we do, you're at least a little bit more of a a more highly educated SEC basketball fan. We'll just leave it at that. All right, I number eight. Number one in my preseason. Oh, my. Well, I, I don't think I would have been too far behind. So, <laughs> no. 
Uh, all right, Max, you always get the first word on Ole Miss. A lot of mixed signals with this team. Uh, struggles away from home, struggles to shoot away from home, disconnect between the computers and, and all the things we've discussed. Not a lot of huge wins, but two of the three losses are to Tennessee and Auburn on the road where nobody wins. I went over a loss to a sneaky good LSU team. Uh, Ole Miss has really found a little bit of a groove and got a big win over Texas A&M over the weekend. And, and frankly, I think – I haven't seen any bracketologies this week, but I think Ole Miss would probably be in most fields as we do this Monday morning. Yeah, so Ole Miss, I, I think – so now that we're at this point in the season, I think Ole Miss is one of those teams that you have to watch them play to, to get a feel for for what your opinion on them is because it's really hard to look at the numbers and, and draw a conclusion from this team. The one thing that I'm seeing – which I've seen probably in the last two games, but really here in this Texas A&M game, is Brandon Murray starting to really play with some confidence. I think that's been a big difference for this team. Uh, coming off of an eight-rebound game, where this is a team that has struggled with rebounding. They still got out-rebounded by A&M, but they didn't get dominated. Kind of hung with them on the boards for the whole the whole game. And the blueprint's out on the team. I mean, everyone knows how to beat this team. They have four scores. You have to limit those four scores. And if Brandon Murray can start coming on now, that kind of changes things. It gives him another element. Musa Cisse did roll his ankle in this game. He did come back, but we've seen with the SEC, you never know with injuries. If 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 they don't have Cisse for this Mississippi State game, that changes everything. Um, but yeah, I think I, I just think we're seeing a new team with a first year head coach kind of figure out life in the SEC, trying to win on the road, trying to protect home court. We'll kind of get a mix of both. Yeah, I mean, again, we talk about teams for their biggest week of the season. It's not just this one for Ole Miss. This is the next two weeks. Like, this is this is it for Ole Miss. This is going to define whether they wind up making the NCAA tournament, in my opinion, or the next two weeks. Now, of course, if they were to lose out, we know that doesn't help after that. But you, you understand. Next four games real quick, Blake. Yeah, home against Mississippi State, home against Auburn, at South Carolina, at Kentucky. Yeah. Like, these are your make-or-break games right here. Obviously, you need to find a way to split these two because if you win the two home games, you lose the two road games, boom, you're sitting in a much better spot. Um, if you go three and one, like you're loving life. If you go four and oh, Max is going to rank you number one in the power rankings in two weeks. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think this is it for Ole Miss, like I said, because after that, you know, you get Missouri twice, which isn't going to do anything for your resume. But there are still opportunities even beyond that. You know, South Carolina at home, Alabama at home. I would say Ole Miss probably has the most opportunistic schedule left of anybody when you start to really mm -hmm. go through it. And so that's that's a good thing for a team that's 17 and three. So they've got a little bit of wiggle room here, but they can't just completely, you know, lose four in a row or anything. But they are at least close enough to the conversation to where there's not a lot left on their schedule that's going to hurt them that bad. So that is a good spot to be in for the Rebels. Next up, a team that we all liked. We all look at the parts. I don't think there's any of the three of us that think Florida is not an NCAA tournament team. Mm. But it's that pesky thing that's hung over Todd Golden for two years now. Can Florida beat anybody of significance? Now, look. Florida is still going to have to bank some big wins, but let's look at the last three games since Dalton Connect obliterated the Gators on that snowy day in Knoxville. 
win at Missouri. I know Missouri struggled, but Florida took care of business against a Missouri team that does not quit. You beat Mississippi State anywhere, anytime. That's a nice win. Florida got one of those this week. And again, we talked about Georgia and how pesky Georgia has become. Florida darn near blew a big lead, but came back and won it in overtime. Opportunities ahead. Boy, if, if Florida can either get Kentucky or AM on the road, you got to feel great about that. Maybe the Gators can get Auburn coming up here in a couple of weeks. That one is in Gainesville, where Auburn has struggled on the road. Blake, I think we were pretty pleased with what we saw out of Florida last week. Good week for the Gators. A much-needed good week for the Gators. But there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, like, they still got to beat multiple teams of significance, like teams that are surefire NCAA tournament teams. Right now, they've beaten Mississippi State, who would be in but, like, they're not a surefire NCAA tournament team. You know, Mississippi State loses a couple games in a row, then all of a sudden they probably get into that last four in, first four out type range. So so they're not, you know, they're not a five seed. They're not a seven, six, whatever, like in that sort of comfortable type range. I mean, is there anybody else on their schedule right now that would be a surefire NCAA tournament team that they've beaten? No. No. Pitt, Pitt's the next best win, probably. That was on a neutral floor, and Pitt's not getting in the tournament today. So so that, again, Florida's on a three-game winning streak. They've won four or five. But my point is, we're not knocking them. We're just saying they've still got a lot of work to do, like to feel like they are going to make the NCAA tournament and not be going into that final couple weeks of the season thinking, oh, boy. you know. But this is, again, where you can make that up this week with two road games at Kentucky at A&M, two huge chances to drastically improve your resume and we saw how well they played against kentucky last time we'll, we'll preview that game uh then you get auburn at home next the following saturday so you get that week off so schedule i think sets up good in terms of like opportunity maybe not good having to play these two road games but still so yeah great offensive team still lack a little bit defensively at times but they're i think that you know the georgia game kind of Throws that out a little bit, but um, oh, they played pretty well. So give the Gators some credit. I think that's exactly how you sum this team up. Like, good offensive team, still got stuff to work on defensively. They gave up 30 points to Georgia in the last 10 minutes. You know, like, you, you can't let up 30 points in the last 10 minutes. Um, but anytime you got Zion pulling, running your point, I'm going to like your team. So great offense. I like the pieces. It's flashy. They've got great rebounding. Um, they've got an identity to lean on. I just would like the defense to put together a full 40 minutes, and I'm not sure they've really done that yet. Um, and it's going to be tough here going on the road to Kentucky uh, on Wednesday. All right, number six, Mississippi State. I think we could argue Mississippi State a spot higher. Probably not two, but maybe a spot. I don't and think so. Okay, well, that's, that's why we have a not poll. Not buying it, Chris. I'm not buying it. We're going to get to number five in a second. I'm not okay. buying moving this team ahead of number five. Well, that's probably why they're stuck at number six. But let me let me throw this at you guys. Mississippi State had a really good resume week. It wasn't just beating Auburn, adding to that win over Tennessee. And, and you could probably argue, well, let me see. You You could argue that no team in the conference, and I think I would, has two better resume wins than the Bulldogs, who have, again, beaten the Vols in Auburn. 
The other thing happening in the background is that Washington State went on a neutral floor. is starting to look more meaningful. That's a team that's got a shot to make the NCAAs. And Northwestern, the computers don't love Northwestern, but my goodness, Northwestern is just beating all comers these days. Purdue, Illinois, Dayton, among others. That's one that's going to help. Again, Tolo Smith was not present the first couple of months of the season. We've been over that. Max, you get the four. We, we, you get the four on the Mississippi teams, I guess, here today. Um, I I like I like where this season is headed, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, it's been night and day on the road to compare to home. But like you said, I think this team has the two best wins in the conference. They've got – I mean, if you're just looking at, at Ken Palm, Tennessee's number four, Auburn's number seven, they beat both of them. Were they both at home? Yes, but still, they beat them. Um and they could have beaten Alabama too, and they had a chance at South Carolina. So they really, besides that, besides that Kentucky game, they've been right there. Um, and this is a team that's—I wouldn't say they're still learning how to play with Tolu, but those first few games of, of conference play, you could tell that they were still getting into their comfort zone. I like this team. You picked Cam Matthews in fantasy this past week. He had a phenomenal week. DJ Jeffries is great. How Hubbard's knocking down threes. The only thing is this team's got to start winning on the road. They haven't done that yet, um, but they might not need to to make the tournament. They could just win out at home and be fine. Um, but if they want to do what I know they want to do and, and move up that seed line, right now they're 32 in Ken Palm. If they want to move up, they've got to win on the road, and they've got two straight road games coming up here this week. Yes, all, all that's great. Like they've, they've beaten Tennessee. They've beaten Auburn. It's great. But at some point, we got to reward wins around here um, and also knock teams for losses. And, you know, they're three and four in the SEC right now. And Chris wanted to move them ahead of the number five team in our power rankings this week. Are you kidding me? The South Carolina Gamecocks have cracked the top five, I think, for the first time this season. First time in our power rankings. And all you have to do is go back to the game that was played on January the 6th in Columbia, South Carolina. The place was rocking. And who won that game, Chris? It was the Gamecocks. And so, obviously, I'm having fun here with this. <laughs> I, I, hate to, I hate to give this man any props because God knows where he could go with that. But but sometimes you just got to say a guy's right. And and I honestly, that there's been so much distance between that win. It was the opening win in the SEC. I'd, I'd forgotten these teams played the head-to-head, but then they well, did. And South Carolina Mississippi won. Mississippi State still has the better group of yes. wins this season. Yes. But because I am willing to also put a lot of weight into South Carolina's domination of Kentucky, I think that can mm-hmm. sort of bring that up enough to where it can come close to at least, you know, getting to, to those kind of categories of wins. So, and they did beat them. So that's why I voted South Carolina ahead of Mississippi state this week. Obviously I'm joking. Everybody knows. And, and yet you didn't put South Carolina ahead of Kentucky on your ballot. Well, no, I didn't, but that's. Oh, that's, oh no. Hold on a second. No, 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 no. Hold, hold on I laid the cat trap and he fell in it. Max. Got him. South, oh dear. You're not understanding. I don't think, but that's, that's <laughs> oh, I not think what I am. I don't think problem. that's, that's not what we're saying here at all. If you had to, if I had to take a team on a neutral court today, a neutral court, all right, I would pick South Carolina over Mississippi State, and so that's why one of the reasons why, when comparing those two teams, I did go to the actual matchup, which they won. Which yes, I know Kentucky lost to South Carolina, but I think if you look at it as a whole, 
I would, you know, look at it from that standpoint and feel pretty good about ranking South Carolina ahead of Mississippi State. So, um, yeah, I'm just I'm just rewarding the Gamecocks here. Okay, so that's all I'm trying to do. You don't like the Gamecocks. You don't like Kentucky. You don't like anybody, Chris. You don't like Mississippi State. Hey, Tolu Smith has been. I think you have something against Bulldogs. And now that I think about it, because we ranked Georgia ahead of Texas A&M, you had an issue with that, and now you ranked a chicken ahead of a dog. Yep. I think we're onto this. (laughs) Hey, South Carolina's got a chance to shut us up here, Chris. And Tuesday at Tennessee, no one's been able to go in there and even make it close. So, all all kidding aside, uh, what what South Carolina did to Kentucky, if you have not heard us do the the reaction video, was very very impressive. Again, oh, done yeah. without Miles Studi. If we're taking an impromptu coach of the year vote right now, I mean we're all we're all we're all going to Mont Paris for yeah. coach of the league, aren't we? I mean, I am. You are, Blake. Are you are you on board with that? If we had to do it today. Decided not to speak for the rest of this video. <laughs> we've, we've hurt this man's feelings. Yes, I don't think I anyone think has made us look like more of a fool than Lamont Paris has this year. He is our daddy. Yeah, he, he's crushed established. us. He's crushed yeah. us. And no, they're they're having a great season and right now. I think you you got six teams that would be in the field safely today. I think A and M would be in there, and I think Ole Miss would be in there. So probably. Six in for sure, and eight that that I think would. My guess is you'd have eight in. I know this isn't bracketology, but fair. Yeah, I think they're in. Okay. I think they gotta All be right. in. Moving along, I thought it was a southeastern fourteen bylaw that we kept the same team at number four every week. Lo and behold, we got a change at number four. Blake Lovell, who's our number four? Well, let me just ask: Did did you put South Carolina ahead of Kentucky in your power rankings? <laughs> no. Oh, oh, really? Wow! You just called me out on it, but you're not going to call yourself out on it. Okay. Um, again, yes, Kentucky is our number four team. They they've slid down to this spot, which means the regular number four team has moved up. Um, look, I. <laughs> I already know. I already know, right? South Carolina, Kentucky, both got the same record in the SEC. One just completely dominated the other. So we're going to have to justify this one too. But, I mean, Kentucky sliding down is understandable because they were dominated at South Carolina. Um, But I think the fact that Kentucky found a way to win the game at Arkansas, I know Arkansas is 13 in our power rankings. We just decided, hey, that was still enough to kind of keep them a spot ahead because they had been kind of a top three lock for a while there. And so, yeah, I guess it wasn't enough to kind of make, because South Carolina moved up how many spots this week? We've got two spots, mm-hmm. maybe one or two, two. So Kentucky drops one. Yeah. So again, th- this is all, <laughs> these are never going to be perfect. You're always going to have spots like this where it's like, what do you do? Right. Um, but Kentucky getting that win in Arkansas, we talked about it in the reaction video. It wasn't pretty. You knew it wasn't going to be pretty, but they won the game. And that's kind of the bounce back you wanted to see from them after just, again, not looking anywhere near 
the level of play that they should be playing at South Carolina. So, yeah, Kentucky drops to four, but um, still, we'll see if that just getting that road win sort of lets them exhale a little bit, entering one of their biggest weeks of the season, too, with Florida and then the, the huge showdown with Tennessee on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, if you look at just last week, could probably argue pretty strongly to put South Carolina ahead, but you got to remember, this is still the same team that the same Kentucky team that blew out Mississippi State, blew out Georgia, beat Florida at Florida, you know, and this is the same South Carolina team that got blown out by 30 at Alabama, took Missouri to overtime, lost to Georgia at home. So it's like, and Kentucky still has the North Carolina win. We can't just ignore that, right? Yeah. I mean, they so, still beat North Carolina a month ago, so we just can't ignore it completely. So, and they didn't have Rob Dillingham at Arkansas. You could tell that was that affected them. It was the first game back with a Duthier. Oh, I don't know when the last time this Kentucky team is just like played with their normal team. You know, yeah. it's, it, it feels like every game, at least, they're introducing a new guy or they're missing a guy. Um, I'm usually the overreactor, and I'm not overreacting here. I still think. Kentucky's fine. I think they grew up, especially. I think Reed Shepard really had a nice bounce back in that second half and responded very well to the toughness. So, yeah, I still like Kentucky a lot. Yeah, it's kind of what you said. The the parts on this team and the roles are just shifting a lot right now. Yeah. John Calipari tries to figure out what he's got. I mean, he kind of had something. Then, then you throw Big Z in there, and he has the best 10 minutes, you know, of any player in, in college basketball this year and then nothing since you had Reed Shepard basically invisible for about three halves of basketball comes out second half of that game Saturday plays more like Reed Shepard you have the big guys and the injuries you have what are we going to do with Justin Edwards who took a seat for most of the game I mean I think I said on Kentucky I'm not going to start judging this team till mid-February that, that might be two weeks premature as we said all in the, the parts are there I just don't know how they fit together. And this might be a case where as much as he's been criticized for it in the moment, and we've done some of that, you may be best to take a loss here or two in in February and January that, that you could have won to see what you got. I think that's probably what's going on. So Kentucky at four, but the number next to Kentucky in any ranking right now is – Almost completely irrelevant. Uh, yeah. Anyway, number three, Auburn. Same story for Auburn. We, we love the talent. Janai Broom is just – all right. Have at it, Blake. <laughs> okay, folks, let's let, let's have a conversation here about the Auburn Tigers. All right? I've been waiting on this one. <laughs> Auburn lost at Alabama, their fierce rival, the rivalry between the Tide and the Tigers. Long-standing rivalry throughout history. There is none that has rivaled it, this rivalry. It has not been rivaled. You understand that? (laughs) On the road, in a building where the lights go out to start the game. Not a good sign for the Auburn Tigers. Um, So you're off to a bad start there. They lose by four. You know, just it happens sometimes, right? Then you go to Mississippi State. Tough bounce back spot after a road rivalry game. One of the biggest Auburn won that game, right? What's that? Auburn won that game, right? Oh, here we go. Listen. Listen, Jabroni. 
You'll get a chance to speak here in a minute. <laughs> well, let the rock talk for a second. Okay. They go to Mississippi state on Saturday. They play in Starkville, the dump at the hump, as it's now been called by the one and only Donovan in our reaction show. They lose by six. They only score 58 points, which is a little bit concerning, I suppose. But when you also factor in, they only gave up 64. That's not too bad for a team that ranks in the top five in the country in defensive efficiency. And boy, you guys know, I weigh that offensive efficiency nowhere near as important as that defensive efficiency. I'm all in on the defensive efficiency numbers. I don't care about teams that play offense. I want the teams that play defense, like Auburn and Kentucky. And so... When you look at it now from this standpoint, they have lost a road game to their biggest rival by four points. They've lost a road game at the hump by six points. A combined two losses in a week with a combined 10 points as the decider there, which is an average of a five-point loss on the road in SEC play, where approximately 32 of the 48 SEC games have been won by home teams. That's 66.7%. That's seventh in the country in among all conferences in home winning percentage in conference play. So, does Auburn have a maybe identifiable weakness at this point? Yes, we're starting to see it. It's the three-point shooting. They got to shoot the ball better because that number keeps going down after this recent performance where they go 5 of 25 and 6 of 24. That's not going to get it done uh, because teams now know that they're struggling to shoot the three. Bruce Pearl knows they're struggling to shoot the three. He wants them probably not to shoot as many threes. However, let's all just take a deep breath and understand that this is SEC basketball play. They played two games on the road where they had a chance to win both. They didn't get blown out. They had opportunities to win the game in each of them. We cannot ignore that this team has 16 wins on the season, all by double digits. I don't care if they played whoever, Texas A&M, Virginia Tech, us three, with our hands tied behind our back, the Auburn Tigers, we cannot ignore the domination because there's no other team that's dominated the way that Auburn has in those games specifically. So, Auburn fans, it's going to be okay. Like, everything is all right for right now. If they lose at home to Vanderbilt on Wednesday, we can all clip this and everybody can have fun with it. But you only lost two games on the road by a combined 10 points to two NCAA tournament teams, one of which is a top four seed. It's all right. The quad one win opportunities, there may not be a ton left on the schedule. But you got plenty of opportunities to keep yourself in a great position for the NCAA tournament. You're not going to miss the NCAA tournament after losing two road games by a combined 10 points to two NCAA tournament teams. You're 16 and four. You're five and two in the SEC. You need to win some road games at some point, but it's okay right now. Still a good team. Still one of the most balanced teams out there. Still one of the deepest teams out there. They still got the broom. Everything's okay, Auburn fans. Chris, you look like you are dying to comment on If that. you smell well, the rock things. is cooking. I, I, I had to, to make sure the blood was still flowing after all that. Uh, n- number two, I might need to dram a mean after that dizzying ride that Blake Lovell took us on there, Max. <clears throat> 
One one second, guys. My roommate just started the vacuum. <laughs> goes with the goes with the broom conversation. So it does. Not, it's good time. Sh- should we just move along to number two? Oh my gosh. <laughs> goes, goes very well with the, with the broom. So brooms and vacuums. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no. oh gosh. <laughs> I just hear this. <laughs> no. That was Janai Broom coming through. Right, that was. <laughs> I'll mark that down. Jeez. <laughs> what is this video? All right. Speaking of, of cleaning up shop, listen, Blake. Yes, the team has won 16 by double digits. But if you watch those games against Alabama, against Mississippi State, the issues I don't think are going to be fixed anytime soon. It's the guard play and crunch time situations. They don't have that that guard dude where you got to go one-on-one and the team's playing the hardest defense of their life and you got to get a bucket and Jani Brooms in foul trouble. The team looks lost. And they've look at these look at these road games. They got to go to Ole Miss, to Florida, to Tennessee. Still, I mean, there's they're gonna have to pick up a road win here. I mean, they don't have to, but the fan base is probably going to lose their minds if they don't here pretty soon. So while yes, I agree, it's not the end of the world. They lost to two very good teams. I think two things can be true at once, and yes. It's not the end of the world after those two losses, but also, yes, I think there's some glaring issues with the guards in crunch time. I'll say that. Listen, they're number nine in the net, and that's all I care about. Take your net and throw it. (laughs) I love the net. The net may be the greatest tool ever invented. They're they're still number nine in the net. So, um, and, and I didn't say I wouldn't call them out on their issues if they lose a couple more games but just for right now um i'm leaning in on the fact that i don't think auburn should be hitting the panic button that's all yes okay yes i'll agree this is setting up so well we now turn it over to auburn's number one fan blake lovell to introduce our number two team in the countdown well 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 what do you know there's a team out there that everybody was doubting. Well, I got I got back-to-back promos for Auburn and Alabama here. This is could not set up any better for me. But remember when the Alabama Crimson Tide were sitting there at six and five on the season. And everybody's looking around saying, What on earth is this basketball team? Are they here to play basketball or are they not? Well, it turns out they're here to play basketball. Because since then. What have they done? They've won every game except for one, which they went to Tennessee, and I can't come up with the same rhyme that Donovan used for the Auburn game at Mississippi State, but I'm sure there's one you could you could come up with there. Because um, I don't remember what the Tennessee arena is called anymore. It's not Thompson Bowling. It's the Food Nuggets, Chicken Nuggets, Food Lion Center, whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> food City. Food City, yeah. Well, Come up with your own rhyme for what Alabama did there in that arena. But Alabama, here they are for the first time this season into the top two. And the Crimson Tide now, by themselves, sit alone at the top of the SEC standings. 
So my bold predictions of Alabama winning the SEC and South Carolina making the NCAA tournament. Now remember, that's after I picked South Carolina to finish 14th in the league in the preseason. <laughs> They're both starting to look pretty good right now. Um, but Alabama, again, it's just offensively, they have another gear that we just do not see in the SEC right now. And I think that just continues to be the story. And we've said it. They're just aggressive. They are relentless on the offensive end of the floor. But we've also got to give them their props. They are playing much better defensively. You can point at the 88 they gave to LSU all you want. You look at how they're winning some of these games, whether it's the Auburn game, a couple other games, like they're able to make some defensive plays. And it's not just let the other team score and then go shoot a three and score one more point than they do. Like they are getting better on the defensive end. They are doing their thing offensively. Could they still have another stinker out there in them? Maybe it's at Georgia on Wednesday. Maybe it's at Auburn the following Wednesday. Sure, they're going to lose some games along the way. But I think you got to give Alabama a lot of credit for not hitting the panic button after they went six and five, understanding that those games were going to get them better. And they did. They, they've learned from those games that they lost in non-conference play, and you're seeing the reward of that and how it has benefited them so far in SEC play. So the cut the tide up to number two. Chris, you look like you're chomping at the bit. I feel like I'm watching basketball polygamy here. <laughs> What's going on here? I don't know. Oh, I got something for Tennessee too. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I really like this. I really like this Alabama team. And I was probably so down. I was probably more down on them than anyone. To, to start the season. I didn't like the defense at all. I didn't like the rebounding. Um, but, man, got to give your credit to Grant Nelson. I mean, he might not be shooting the ball from outside that well, but I don't I don't think he needs to. I don't think this team needs him to shoot the ball outside that well. I think they need him to be aggressive, get to the free throw line, rebound the ball, and protect the rim. And he has done that at a very high level past few weeks. So you got to give Grant Nelson some credit. But also, Latrell Wrightsell is is – acting like he's buddy healed out here making three threes in almost every sec game he's been on fire and to bring that off the bench man him and rylan griffin and kind of just trading who's coming off the bench rylan griffin with five threes against auburn that is it's not many teams have that where you can have multiple guys go off for five threes and they might be coming off the bench in that game so do they will they will they have a few more games this season where they go four for twenty from three and probably lose the game because they're not making shots? Yeah, probably. But I'm not going to overreact when they do that because I know that they can put up 109 on any given night. So, man, the offense when the offense is clicking, team's pretty much unbeatable. Number one, the Tennessee Volunteers. And I think this one was pretty clear this week. We've we've talked about three or four teams competing for one. Tennessee's got the the right mix of just looks impressive, has banked big wins, and, and oh by the way, it's got Dalton Connect who is just playing basketball in some sort of alternate universe. Max, yeah, I think I think that's it. It's just Dalton Connect can. What did we call him one time? The Fighting Dalton Connects? I, I you know, I think and and to to have a team where you have Jonas Adu, Zakai Ziegler, Vescovy, Josiah Jordan James, all these other guys, and we only talk about not only, 
but Dalton Connect's been that good that these other guys are being forgotten. It, it's I haven't seen offensive performances like this from an individual in in a few years. And I mean, look at that. The reason why they're up here, that Georgia game. Okay, they lose that Georgia game. Dalton Connect doesn't go off. They're not number one in our power rankings right now. But Dalton Connect did his connect things, and now you can you can kind of rely on that. I mean, look at their look at their upcoming schedule. They have at Kentucky on Saturday. That is going to be an amazing game. But also, you almost just know Connect's going for thirty. Like, when's the last time that we've had a player where it's like he has a bad game if he doesn't get thirty points? crazy yeah i mean the food city center in knoxville tennessee has not seen a player like dalton connect in quite some time um and i just want to say tennessee i never doubted you i never doubted that you should be number one in the power rankings i've kept you at number one every single week this season i never doubted you at all i i, I never thought that you should be put behind auburn kentucky any other of those teams i just i should have you know i should have known but when we went into the season saying, hey, Tennessee's the best team in the league, I should have known to never move you around. I apologize to Tennessee and all the Food City Center uh, patrons um, because, again, we should have just kept Tennessee here knowing that this was all going to even out. Uh, the Vols are just tremendous. They are a tremendous basketball team. And, you know, in all seriousness, they are that they have all the tools now. Like, you know, it, it's funny because I, I – there's not as many people, but you still see people out there trying to pick Tennessee apart and say, well, just wait till March, just wait till March and all this other stuff. But the fact is, if you're watching this Tennessee team and you don't see the difference, they're still one of the best defensive teams in the country as they've been for years now, but they have a player that you do not see come along in college basketball very often. And when you combine that together with their experience, with everything that they have, I Max, I don't. I know we've got to we've got to wrap this up quickly here, but I don't know where Tennessee ranks in the Bet Online national championship odds right now. But I am willing to bet they are behind teams that they should not be behind, and it's probably the Rick Barnes thing in the NCAA tournament. But yeah. I'm willing to throw a wager on the Vols right now because I think that again they have all the tools, they have the dude. They have the experience. They have the defense. They have everything you need to win a national championship. And we'll see what happens, what the bracket looks like, all that stuff. But, yes, Tennessee rightfully at the top of our power. Right rankings. now they're number six in the, the odds. That was higher than I thought they may be. Um, so, they're, okay. they're, plus, they're plus 1,200. Hmm. I assume UConn, Houston, Purdue – Arizona? Nope, North it's Carolina Kentucky and UNC. Ooh, right, Kentucky. Wow. Okay, I'm not surprised, but yeah, they're plus twelve hundred right now, and yours truly has them at plus thirty three hundred. So, hmm. yeah, well, rooting for the Vols to win it all. There you go. Here's the thing: everybody's talking about Dalton Connect. Do you guys remember who Tennessee's lone representative on the preseason All SEC team was? It was either Vescovy or Ziegler. It was Vescovy. Ziegler was second team, and I, I bet you Josiah Jordan-James got consideration for second, even though he didn't make it. Here's my point. You don't hear Vescovy mentioned almost at all. 
you don't hear Josiah Jordan James, who's been on a scoring funk, mention much at all. Point being, I'm not dogging on those two guys. I'm saying they got those two dudes in reserve. They had to play leading roles in the past. <laughs> Oreo is all in on the balls. And we know He's how that in. went in the NCAA tournament. You can yeah, ready to go to Food Ooh. City Center right now. In my backdrop. That is what boy, Oreo is ready for. Dalton Connect. <laughs> is that ingredient that Tennessee has been missing? And my point is they've got other guys that are supporting casts that have been relegated to lower roles, which probably fits where those guys were anyway. This team is loaded. It's got a go-to score. It's got a lockdown defense. I, I'm with you guys. I Forget all the, the regular season Rick stuff. I, I think this team is legit and could be making a further run than we've seen Tennessee make before. Not all right. to mention they bring Awaka, Ganey, Meshack, yeah. all off the bench. Ganey was a lead dog at, what, USC Upstate. So they Upstate. got other guys that are used Lead dog. Well, that's a lead good dog. term to use right now. All right. We got to wrap this up. We got to wrap. wrap. He's got to go to Food City Center. He's ready to be there for the Dalton Connection. We need dog food, apparently. All right. Um, thank you for watching. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope your, your ears are intact after the last minute of this video. For Blake Lovell and Max Barr, I'm Chris Lee. This is Southeastern 14 presented by Bet Online. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.